Hi everybody, welcome back to the SpeakeepShop podcast. I'm joined once again by the CEO, founder of SpeakeepShop.com, uh, Cameron Brown. How are we today? Hey, doing all right, Ari. Always good to be back on the podcast. So I always enjoy doing these, like I said. So looking forward to having some fun. Yep, that's great. Um, busy uh, post-holiday. Uh, I think this is probably the first. This is the first one we're filming after the uh, the New Year. So how's that? Uh, oh yeah so i guess a formal happy new year to everybody it's been just busy as usual um one interesting thing i want to talk about on this podcast is a lot of my specialization or forte i guess is obviously on the business side of the cube store side of things but we actually saw some feedback um where people were saying they want more discussion about cube mech so i guess i'm trying to decide Am I the person to talk more about cubes specifically or trying to decide kind of what kind of content I will bring to the podcast? Do you know what I mean? Yeah, for sure. Well, I mean, you certainly bring that that insight for the business that, frankly, I think majority of us don't have. Yeah, so I guess everybody in the comments, let us know what what sort of Cameron-related podcast content do you want us to talk about? Uh, Any topics are helpful or... I guess a better way to do it would be if you mind the business talk or not, which I'll try to not make the whole podcast about that, of course. But um, so yeah, so to answer your question, it's been a great start to the new year. Really thankful for all the support. Everybody continues to show Speedcube Shop. It's absolutely mind-blowing. We're actually in the process of um, relocating my grandfather into my old room at my mom's house. And so it's involved a lot of cleaning out of the room and Coming across a lot of mementos like the original shoe rack that Speed Cube Shop started on, which is pretty wild to say that my entire inventory was comprised of a very small standard shoe rack. So it's very humbling, I guess, to see that and then see how many people I'm responsible for employing full time and all that crazy stuff. So, yeah, it's been crazy busy, but wouldn't change it. Yeah, for sure. Um Let's just jump right into something that I've been wanting to talk about for a little bit now. I've uh, I had a competition last weekend as of recording this podcast, and mm-hmm. while I was away, I got uh, that a big package that I've been waiting for for quite a while. Actually, the shipping from well, there's actually uh, something been... I want to talk about before all cool. of that. Okay, um, I straight up cursed you, man, for that competition. <laughs> yep. Ah. Uh, I have a clip of that on my my channel and my socials. That's that was yeah. I saw that. Yeah. Um, quickly, just to summarize, uh, I was messaging Cameron in the car on the way to the comp, and I was telling him that like yeah, I've I'll be like not doing any work stuff for the next like two and a half days because competition, and then he's like, oh, I hope you get a pop, and then got to four by four, and then I got I I got two pops, so. Yeah, good way to start the competition off with that. <laughs> yeah, and it, it just was so... Like, I felt actually pretty bad. I was like, man, I guess do I have some sort of powers that I wasn't even aware that I had to influence a competitor popping during an official solve? So who knows? I guess maybe uh, that's something I need to be more careful about, uh, wishing upon somebody. <laughs> yeah, granted, I did have that MGC 4x4 tensioned way too loose. It was the cosmic one that I got sent like a year ago. But yeah, the MGC lines one off. Those those cubes, I warn everybody, they come so loose out of the mm. factory specifically. They those things are popping like just popping monsters, I guess. 
Um, it kills me because they come at such a low price point that it, it attracts a lot of entry level, you know, new cubers. But it's a catch twenty two because it attracts all these new cubers, but it's so loose, and most new cubers don't have the knowledge of how to properly tension your cube. And if they don't opt for like our professional setup service or cosmic service or what have you, it just pops on them. And then we have an email from somebody freaking out, thinking that their cube is broken. So kind of frustrating that they come so loose, but they are really good cubes. Yeah, for sure. I actually, in that package that I got when I was away, it arrived at the house. So I unboxed it like the day after I got home. And I got that yeah. MDC 5x5 and it is like, it performs super well, but I had to tighten it probably like one and a half like full 360 degree turns um just to make it so it doesn't constantly pop because out of the box it's just so loose it performs great for the price though like fully magnetic it's yeah not much i like i couldn't ask for more for a beginner five by five but um yeah definitely needs to be tensioned it's so loose out of the box well and what's crazy about them is that there's a very fine line that i found between it being too tight and too loose like it'll yeah just straight up be borderline unusable tight and then the smallest adjustment will make it just perfect so really interesting yeah. how that is yeah and i guess that brings me on to tensioning this thing the p cube s3r yes oh my yes, goodness the p cube oh my goodness i so is yeah, it a peak so of I cubing got... mech what do you think <laughs> uh, i'm writing a review for my personal channel and then also some stuff for the SES channel on how to tension this thing and man it is the most cumbersome like it, it's really good like out of the box it was solid but like you know I wanted to play with stuff that came in the box and it comes with so much stuff in the box it is it is kind of stupid at this like, <laughs> how many different little contacts oh so if you don't know it comes with a bunch of uh, different uh, contact surfaces where you can take the piece out uh, uh, that the internal like uh, contact surfaces you can interchange them with another set that they provide um but it took me probably 45 minutes to change all of those just the contact surfaces let let alone also changing the springs and trying all the different combinations it's this was just stupid honestly <laughs> what i find funny is that the translation comes out to wheelbase and last mm. time i checked cubes don't have wheels so i find it funny that that's always sort of the the, the thing that QB manufacturers refer to like tensioning as mm, wheel yes yeah. so, so yeah for those that don't know the wheel based thing so in a traditional like three by three they have the uh, the screw right where you can just tighten it or loosen it with a screwdriver it's relatively simple and that has an effect on like the uh, the spring tension because that compresses or decompresses the spring but then also has an effect on like how far the center can move up and down and that results in different like abilities to like corner cut and but instead of including a screw in this one they decided to to have three interchangeable wheels where you have to change all six wheels every time you want to change the tension and then there's only three set tensions because it's three sets of wheels <laughs> it's just so cumbersome and then don't get me started on the springs there's four springs per center, like... <laughs> I, yeah, I forgot about that, actually. I remember the yeah. four spring thing really threw me off. Yeah, um, like, I was looking <clears throat> at the intern... I hadn't taken the cap off yet, and I was, like, looking at the centerpiece, and it didn't... It looked like as if um, there were four springs, and I'm like, what? Is it just one really big spring that kind of 
goes around the entire bit of the center. No, they have four springs per center and it comes with an entire different set of slightly uh, stronger springs in the uh, box as well. And combine all of these like adjustment systems, this, this cube's, it's a bit much. <laughs> well, it's interesting because if you think about it, in the way the four springs make sense for like an equal distribution of maybe mm. like the, the the pressure or the force. The force But then supply, again, yeah. if you think about it, and maybe having just one in the middle is also satisfactory because you think about the axis of the core, right? It's on one axis, so maybe one string makes sense. So I don't know, but it just sort of is interesting with all these new manufacturers. And it brings me to a topic I kind of wanted to touch on which started with this um, more try situation. I know that I have some on the way to you, but Australia is still crazy with packages. Uh, however many podcasts later this has been, it's still an yep. issue. Um, but more try released for those that, are, that don't know really quickly, they released four versions of, of the same cube and the versions of the cube are extremely similar. There's a full maglev, a half maglev, and then a standard and I think an enhanced version, if I'm not mistaken. And right, yep. the biggest issue is that they're just so negligible, the differences between them. And nobody really knows the pricing yet for sure. Um, speaking to Mortri, I was told the target was around the price of the Tornado version 2. I don't know for oh, certain okay. if that's going to be like the entry level one or the higher end one. Um, they also have the maglev a little bit differently and actually have five magnets for the maglev. In oh, there, yeah, I saw that. Or, that no, it's actually six, maybe, I think. Five or six. I can't remember 100%. It's been a long week. But the point is that I spoke to Mortri about this because certain people like really took the opportunity to just rip Mortri apart. And I think there is such a thing as constructive criticism and also jumping to the worst possible conclusion, which is that Mortri is um, like cash grabbing or just trying to get people to buy more versions of their same cube, which from a business standpoint, yeah, you, you could look at that as what they're trying to do, but I guess you'd have to be pretty out of touch with the market because knowing the market how I do, um, cubes that have multiple versions, like take the MS3 V1, for example, has a standard hmm. in the enhanced, and that's just two versions. The standard version never sells, never, because the price difference is typically close enough to where it's like, why not shell the extra few bucks to get the enhanced with all the features, right? Yeah. And so the point I'm getting at is Mortri said that the purpose of the four versions was to gauge the feedback of the cubing community and see what they replied, responded to the best and then use that as the base for the next release. So it's oh, kind of okay. like, in a way, they're saying, hey, buy our cube, and you're part of a uh, like experiment, in a way, like a social experiment, but you have to buy your way into it, and you get a cube out of it. That's kind of how it is. And I think they did a really poor job of communicating that, and I think had that been communicated, and the version's been more clearly um, described or, or differentiated before the samples went out, a whole bunch of this misconception I think could have so easily been avoided, which is kind of a pity, which to wrap up my point is we all want new cube manufacturers and innovation, but if we continue to kind of like rip them apart or be overly critical, like P-Cube, MS-Cube, now Mortri, 
maybe they're going to stop trying at one point. So there'll be no more try. <laughs> That's actually pretty funny. I have to admit. Oh, goodness. But oh. what do you think? I mean, I don't know. Does that make any sense I mean, to you? Yeah, I mean... I will say I'm 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 firm on like let's say peak cube like venue the, the the current implementation of adjustment systems is very cumbersome I will say that but there's a silver lining and that is that the cube performs pretty well like I can I get it. my like regular times on it which is something I can't say for some of the other cubes that I've tried in recent times really like I had the GAN eleven duo again this is a lot maybe personal preference or something maybe it's me thinking too much but uh. Like the 11 Duo, uh, which I got probably a couple of months back, uh, I just couldn't turn it as well as I could my trusty WRM 2020 from Moyu. But this thing, the the, the Peak Cube is just like it's it's been fine. I it, I can it's got solid performance. It's relatively stable. I have changed a lot of the settings, but like it, it was good out of the box, and it's good with these current settings I have them on. So like. Yeah, I'm pleasantly surprised. But I will say that the implementation of the adjustment systems is very cumbersome. So, yeah, I'm, I'm, well, I guess we'll get to see if anyone really, really mains this thing yet. Yeah, I, I love the feel of it. I mean, I'm not really overly critical, but I do point out flaws or things that I don't like when I see it. But I guess when I try a new cube, I'm not looking for the worst traits or I'm not looking for problems. I'm just trying to see if I enjoy it. And if I come across anything I do not like, that's when I mention it during like my reviews or impressions. But the yeah. P cube felt really like nostalgic to me in a way. It had a very unique refreshing turning style, which I very much enjoyed. Now, I think the price point is an issue. 4495 mm. is a bit of a high barrier to entry for someone to take a chance on a new brand, new cube. So I think that maybe had they release the cube just bare bones with limited customization and then if the cube was received well take their ideas for the customization which i think is a good idea and i'll tell you why in a second and like release it into a second updated version but then you run the risk of upsetting people who bought the original version and would have bought the updated version or just do it in a whole new cube entirely in the future now i think that they're adjustment, their, their interchangeable tiles for the surface contact is what I'm referring to specifically is good because it's like pretty much a one and done. I'm a pretty firm believer that I believe that there are some of you guys out there probably watching this podcast that religiously are tinkering with your cube and adjusting every single possible um, customizable function that you have, whether it be magnets or spring tension or the elasticity or what, what have you. But I kind of think that most people find their setting and then leave it unless it's like a multi-purpose cube and so yeah the adjustment isn't the most user-friendly when it comes to like the wheelbase we'll call it with all the springs and all of that yeah. but how often are you really going to be adjusting that yeah that is a fair point just the like my issue is that it took me i think probably an hour to adjust the cube to what i liked in comparison to like Again, it's because I have something to compare it to, like the WRM uh, 2021, the Maglev version. That thing maybe took me like 15 minutes in comparison to this, where I changed the the tiles and then the springs and then the centerpieces. Then didn't realize I like the centerpieces. Then had to change them out and put them back in. So, like, I really do enjoy like turning it. It's it's yeah, as you said, it's quite refreshing. And I mean, it's a solid puzzle. I'm just 
yeah, I think the execution can be worked on. That's that's all. Yeah, I don't like the box. Saying, yeah. The box it comes in like the, the plastic shell is a little bit weird. Yeah, that was odd. Um, yeah. Yeah, I think that any any box that has a piece that can be disconnected entirely is bad, and that's where Gan does their clamshell thing really well. Yeah. yeah. I think that also Gan sort of was the first company to like really nail the adjustment, and I think that these new manufacturers have to be careful to not really blatantly copy that and find their own ways around it. And I think that that's been the biggest burden is I think that most people will agree that Gan or Moyu have the best customization, customization like um, user experience. And yeah. it can be difficult to replicate your own rendition of that while being original. So that, that's tricky. And also too, I mean, Mortry was a previous YJ designer who I didn't even know I met him actually when I was at YJ. Oh. So when we were messaging, he's like, oh, yeah, I've met you before. And it's like, oh, well, cool. So that's kind of interesting. And then um, the MS Cube guy is from GAN. And then PCube, yep. I haven't really heard anything about. I think they just sort of came out of nowhere, but I could be wrong on that. So if they're coming from GAN or YJ, you know, the more Tri-Cube is, it, it looks and feels like YJ, but I don't really know how the manufacturers handle the use of their ideas or stuff, or if it's designers, maybe they retain ownership of the mechanism or I'm not really too sure how that all works, honestly. Yeah. Yeah. Um, well, I, uh, touching back on that previous point about the adjustment systems, definitely GAN and Chi, not Chi, sorry, Moyu have done like exceptionally well. I think they probably have refined it pretty, um, pretty optimally, but I think also X-Man under now, uh, what was it, QZ instead of Chi-Yi, they've changed their name for some, yeah. Um, they've, X-Man, they've also, I think with the Tornado V2, they've done pretty well. I, I like adjusting the magnets in this thing in comparison to the WRM. It's so, so easy to adjust, honestly. And the one integrated tool where you can change the pieces out, uh, what's it called, with the screwdriver and then like the flathead and you can, it's got interchangeable bits that have, comes in like one integrated little piece that you can use to adjust the cube. Oh, it's so good. I don't have to carry around like, I mean, it's not like I carry it, but I don't have, need to have a separate uh, thing to screw the, the, the screw head and then a separate thing to adjust the magnets. It's all integrated into this one piece where I can just change it around. I think they've really yeah. hit the nail uh, on the head with that one. Couldn't agree more. Um, X-Man yeah. did a really good job on the Tornado version too. That was sort of my first impressions when I used it is how effective it is. And I love yeah. that you can go clockwise for one adjustment, counterclockwise for the other adjustment. And like you said, all in one tool. I think that all of these, these tools are really a problem. I mean, you wouldn't believe how many <laughs> emails we receive. Hey, I lost my adjustment tool for this cube or I lost my tool for this cube. And it, it's just difficult because as a cube store, we receive literally zero support from the factories as far as like replacement parts go or anything yeah. of that nature. So it's kind of frustrating for me as a store when I see issues like this that could be so easily reconciled and it costs us money, which then in turn, you know, makes us less profitable and then in turn gives us less freedom to do more flexible things like more aggressive promotions or sales or things like that, which I mean, this, I guess, since the start of the pandemic, which shockingly, so many people seem to just think that the pandemic is 
over because you're able to go into a grocery store or have some sense of normality depending on where you are or what your lifestyle is like. And I'm not going to dive into this topic too much, but it's just crazy to me how when I'm talking with customers and it's not really their responsibility, I guess, to know what's happening in the U.S., but so many customers have no idea what the state of affairs is at their own country's like border or you know if there's like shutdowns for like i mean ospost or whatever it is and it's just kind of mind-blowing to me that some people are so uninformed that seem to be adults not children so it's just crazy to me that that's kind of where we are with things right now yeah i mean for us i live in i'm in tasmania australia um and we've only just recently opened our borders up since like the start of the pandemic. We've only opened up since like literally a month ago, I think. So it's only recently just dawned at me uh, on me because we haven't had to wear masks yet, and now we're wearing masks um, like mandatory indoors and whatnot. So like, oh, you're just hasn't now getting that. Full realization. Yeah, okay. we still we only just started having to. There's a mask mandate now, which. I mean, I'm all for, like, whatever you can do to stop the spread, I'm, I'm down. Um, yeah. But, yeah. I just, yeah. I really think that it's a very difficult time for a lot of people. And I think the most difficult part about it is shipping. And this is, I guess, my one little business tidbit I will drop in this video. Because we talked about this, I think, in the initial podcast, which was during the holiday season, the holiday rush. Which, believe it or not, we are still somewhat feeling the effects of it's starting to dwindle off now but typically all the way through january mail carriers feel the effects of christmas and now with this new variant going around that spreads so rapidly and is causing people to have to call out of work and then wait for testing results to come back and all that sort of thing because here in the u.s um you, you we're not accepting the rapid test as a form of like you're clear so we have oh, to wait for the actual test to be sent off before people can come return back to work so it's very time consuming it's causing staffing shortages and we do a really good job i think of offering a variety of shipping services but we have people that say that it's irresponsible for us to offer like inexpensive shipping like um usps internationally for example or our e-post shipping service to where it's like, I think, sub, sub $5 to Israel, for example, right? And we advertise the transit time and update it as we go and post disclaimers on the website if we're aware of like, hey, transit times are not guaranteed or whatever it might be. But I kind of believe in flexibility because there's those people that are okay waiting, but it just seems like the most impatient people tend to opt for the inexpensive shipping but expect <laughs> the service of the expensive shipping. So it's, I've been wrestling with that is, am I irresponsible for offering the inexpensive shipping, knowing that it's slower than usual, but we have updated the transit times on the website accordingly, and we have notices posted. So that's been kind of a struggle of mine recently is, am I doing the right thing? So I don't know, what are your initial thoughts? I don't know. I think in my, at least in my mind, it's like, because it, it shows up on the website, what, like with, with most websites actually, with the shipping options, it's like estimated delivery, how much it costs, and then it usually goes down in like in price. And 
Some usually it correlates to like the amount that you pay. Sometimes it doesn't. There's exceptions, obviously, but usually it's oh the cheapest shipping will take the longest time. The most expensive one will get you it in like three days, but it costs you like a hundred dollars or something stupid. Um, but like I don't know. I thought I I would have thought that it's pretty clear. Not even not not just on like Speakeep Shop, but like most online retailers, right? Like I thought well, that was pretty self-explanatory. I, I guess not. I mean. I Obviously, there's so many positive experiences that we have that people don't reach out just to say, hey, you're doing a great job or we're happy with the, the <laughs> shipping experience. So I guess that's also the thing is, of course, people typically tend to reach out when there's a problem, not when things are going perfectly as expected. But one little story that I have, I don't even know if I've shared this with you yet, is um, so I bought Veronica's Christmas present and I had a really hard time deciding what I was going to get for her. So I bought it very close to Christmas. It was, I think, a few days before. But the, the bottom line is, um, the website I ordered it from is a very well-known brand. And it, specific, it specifically said that if I picked overnight shipping, it would be there before Christmas Eve, which I did. Mm. And it turned into this whole fiasco of, like, they canceled my order without any confirmation saying that there was a <laughs> billing issue. And I verified my billing was correct. And by the way, that was like an hour and a half long phone call to being on hold and being transferred. And, oh, we have to look into this. Or, oh, I have to have a supervisor check on this. Or all this stuff. So I get the order replaced. Gets canceled again. And I'm just, at this point, losing my mind because I'm about three hours into this whole thing. And <laughs> the day that... Because this went over like the weekend. So we're now at Monday, which is the last day of the order before the cutoff. So I'm like, if you guys keep canceling my order, I will not get this in time. And I really want to her to have something to open on Christmas. So I end up getting it reordered. Everything's okay. And I'm assured it'll ship out today as promised. You're good to go. Don't worry about it. And I'm like, phew, breath of fresh air. Finally, I'm, 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 I'm done with this. Well, do I need to tell you that it did not ship out on time? And I, I spent a total of just under seven hours on the phone with this company over the span mm -hmm. of four days. Just <laughs> under seven hours. Now, all that like, was like hold time and being transferred, but isn't that crazy? I think. And then it did. It didn't arrive like in time. Same ish. That's like the same ish as like when I was trying to get a hold of the camera <laughs> I'm filming this podcast with yeah. at the moment. So that's like the same yeah, situation. It didn't arrive in time. Post. That was fun. Oh, really? It, exactly. Yeah, didn't arrive in time. And then the most shocking thing is, there was absolutely no. I'm sorry. No compensation being offered. And it really frustrates me as a small business that a small business is held to the, the highest possible standards, I find. There are those people that actually, I think, hold, hold small business to too low of a standard. But I just love how the bigger companies get, like once you hit the scale of like massive corporation, like your fast food chains. I mean, if you go to a fast food chain and they forget your sauce, are you even like mad? You're like annoyed, right? But you kind of like almost knew going into it this was a very strong possibility if you don't check your bag of your food your sauce might be missing yeah. and so yeah it's crazy how that's sort of how society works is the bigger the company is you almost expect issues and you give them a free pass and then you know we get taken through the ringer for uh things that aren't even our fault so a little little yeah. salty about that just because of <laughs> holidays are always truck you know tough being told that you ruined someone's christmas um, or you ruined Santa Claus for a kid because of a shipping delay that I had no part of. And I was notified about the delay two days before Christmas when it's physically impossible to get a new, a new replacement package halfway across the world. 
it kind of weighs on you, man. It does weigh on you a little bit. Hmm, for sure. So, I guess the tip here is to order your Christmas presents well in advance, right? Absolutely, <laughs> the... man. Absolutely. <laughs> do it in October, whether it's stocking shortages or whatever. Do your shopping as early as possible. I don't care if you do it in the summer. My mom used to do that, and I used to always like joke with her. Now, as I'm older, I totally see why she did that, and it makes sense. So, Oh, yeah, for yeah. sure. But yeah, they have those like Boxing Day sales a little bit after. What was that? Do you have Boxing Day? Oh, you have Black Friday, right, in the US, right? Yeah, we don't really do Boxing Day here. Um, I don't really know anybody personally that celebrates it, but it's not like a celebration or anything. It's like a event. Essentially, an excuse for all the retailers to get rid of their Christmas stock. So Mm. then you end up getting good deals. We like the best time to buy, at least in Australia. At least where I live, the best time to buy like Christmas specific items is the day after Christmas or a couple days after Christmas. Because what are they going to do with a big Christmas tree the day after Christmas? Get rid of it for the lowest price possible, right? So yeah, yeah we, we get all our Christmas essentials a year before the Christmas day rolls around. So, you know. Well, I do that with our <laughs> Halloween decorations, but the only risk you run with that is there's less availability. So. It's kind of like you have to be okay, like, hey, I'm getting these savings, but I'm also getting less variety, um, less selection. So, but yeah, I mean, definitely there's always two sides of the coin. You can shop early and guarantee you're getting what you want, or if you're okay rolling the dice, let the event pass by and then get some good deals, but you might not be able to get exactly what you want. Mm, Yeah, for sure. I guess one final thing I wanted to touch on on this podcast is the MDC Evo. Oh my goodness. Mm-hmm. It's such a such a weird cube, I think. That's the best way I can, the, the best word I can find to describe it. Just very it's, unique. It's very unique. weird and unique. Yeah. Um like the feel is is it's it's scratchy out of the box, but then it becomes quite soft, but not a soft like I don't know, the Tengyun or the uh not like the Tengyun, the Dian Tengyun, or the Gan Cube Soft. It's a different type of soft, I think. It's very, very unique, as you say. Yeah, I'm trying to kind and... of remember how it feels. But can we also add on to the weirdness that their idea of a limited edition was doing black internals? <laughs> yeah, uh, it was I mean, interesting. It's like, what's up with that? <laughs> um, I'm, I, I would have liked to have a black internal version of this. I don't know how I feel about all primary to be honest i didn't like it on the wra internals Uh, don't really bother me too much i can solve on either i think that black looks more elegant but doesn't really bother me too much i know that the lack of elasticity or tension adjustment so aka how tight or loose the cube feels being absent that's from the the evo is kind of weird but i actually don't mind and I don't mind because I think that the setting that the cube comes on is good and pretty even. And it's kind of just one less thing for people to mess up. Again, I see it from a different vantage point. Of I, I see the people who get a new cube and start just going to town with adjustments. Yeah. And they get it to a state where they don't like it, but they can't get it back to how it was. So I think that yeah. having like a numerical type setting where it's like just like, numbered clicks that you you can always go back to number one or number two i think that's that's good but you could solve yeah. that with like a ges type system or like the tornado so i don't know maybe i'm the weird one in this case 
I think it's probably good for like beginners, someone who doesn't, as you say, might not, might adjust the cube somehow. Like let's say it's a screw, right? And then they're like, oh no, my cube is suddenly popping all the time. What do I do? And obviously it'd be to tighten the screw. Whereas like the manufacturer on let's say the GAN and like the X-Man Tornado, they have like a set um, a limited range. But like, I don't know. I feel like at least for me, even the loose setting on the X-Man Tornado is not loose enough. I like my loose cubes. So I don't know. I do like the springs in the Moe system. There's a probably still my the spring and screw in the Moe system. That's still probably my favorite currently. Well, but I think that's I, also kind of where these manufacturers get into trouble is in some cases they try to appeal to everybody. And I think that's where the prices go up and the complexity increases. And I think that it's okay if not everybody likes the cube. Like it's okay that not everybody likes the MGC hmm. Evo. And you know, find another cube that works for you. But it's just, I think that this this quest that like trying to appeal to every single cuber with your one cube is a very slippery slope. It can get expensive and it can completely backfire like we kind of saw with Mortri due to the lack of communication about what their intentions were. Yeah, of course. But I think... I'm a bit of a Moe fan primarily because I main their Worm 2020, but like I think that's where they've again hit the nail on the head with having that like their main brand line and then this their sub brand being like pretty like their, their Mofang Jiaoshi, the Cuban classroom thing being of a mm -hmm. yeah, budget price point but still solid. You still need to somewhat know what you're doing, but there's YouTube tutorials for that. And I think it's, I'm still more than happy to recommend that to beginners, especially. I know that you get complaints about the thing. But like, Matt, it is a good cube if you know how to set it up right. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, I think that was some good cube mech content. It kind of happened by accident. So everybody let us know what you think. And on the note of the podcast and appealing to everybody, obviously the podcast content might not always be what everybody loves. So I'm going to kind of go with what the masses prefer. So whether that's content like this, a little bit of mixed or whatever it is, you know, we'll, we'll do what most people enjoy. And I think more importantly, what we enjoy making. So um, I'd rather do a podcast that has 20 views and enjoy it than do something that has thousands of views and I'm not really feeling it. Cause it's kind of hard to be forcing yourself to talk about a topic for so long that you have zero interest in. Yeah. And on that note, our special code for this week is going to be adjustment. There'll be something special for the first couple people that use that code. So don't spoil it in the comments, but yeah, that is refer the code. to the description too, and we'll give you a little, little more details about if there's any other prerequisites to redeem that code. So be sure to check the description. The code will only be active for the first 10 uses. So be quick on that, and we'll have some more information for you in the description box down below about how to redeem it and what kind of uh, steps you need to do, I guess, how to redeem it. So um, <laughs> yeah, you want to close out, Ari, I'll let you do the honors. Yep. All right. Thank you very much for watching or listening. Um, uh, let us know in the comments or uh, uh, below about you know, what do you want to hear in the podcast, the what you want to hear from Cameron and myself, and maybe what other special guests we should get on the podcast. We had Kevin recently come on of Cubing Encoded, so that was really cool of him. So yeah, let us know who you want to hear on the podcast next. Thank you very much, guys. Absolutely. All right. Bye, guys. Bye-bye. All right.